It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder embarrassed the San Antonio Spurs again. Chet Holmgren shows off his competitive edge and Aaron Wiggins breaks out. We'll talk about it all on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. On today's show, brought to you by Price Picks. we are diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, embarrassing the Spurs once again. Chet Holmgren displayed his fantastic competitive edge, SGA, solidified his MVP candidacy, and Aaron Wiggins breaks out in this one. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA or use code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for the first deposit match up to $100. So in this game, the Thunder are playing on the second night of a back-to-back. It is an ESPN nationally televised game it's billed as rivalry week as a way to showcase chet versus wemby that's obviously the angle that they're going for in this you know game is the is the idea of you know the first overall pick in this year's draft the second overall pick in last year's draft both these kind of generational big men and the crowd was booing chet holmgren pre pre-game they were electric every time that Wembenyana did anything and you could see how it could have easily kind of devolved into a Chet versus Wimby show, or it could have spiraled into, into maybe Chet trying to do too much or trying to uh, press the issue or trying to just uh, hunt for his own opportunities or his own highlights or anything like that. But what we've seen through this entire year is that's not how Chet Holmgren operates. And he continues to put his money where his mouth is. He continues to say all the right things and do all the right things on the court. Chad Holmgren, despite all of the narratives, despite the fact that um, this was a showcase on national television and, and a game that I believe could have been a lasting impact for voters uh, if one or the other just played uh, an exceptional game. I think that they, they think that they both played com- you know comparatively enough to where um, you know this will not determine the outcome of that award, but it could have, if, if, if someone puts up a monster stat line, like that, that could have uh, been the, been the case. And then, you know, you get booed, uh, you know, on the road, you, you have a very intense atmosphere. You had Wimby jawing back and forth and you had a pretty significant cushion uh, to eventually get into that whole dynamic of, of trying to play one-on-one. But Chet Holmgren has the perfect competitive edge because he played his style of basketball for 48 minutes, even whenever 
you saw that shift in him physically after the women Yama back and forth. He still got to his chances in that back and forth within the flow of the offense. There was a small stretch of that back and forth, but in that small stretch, Chet was still hunting the best matchup. He was getting mismatches, getting switches, and getting opportunities for himself and his teammates. It just so happened that he cashed in a lot of those, like that dunk, uh, you know, the 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 coast to coast finish, all that all that stuff happened and it benefited him, but it also was not purposefully drawing out Wimby or or making this something that Chet hasn't done all year. Chet's Chet's played off the catch very well all year. He's knocked down catch and shoot threes all year. He's been able to go coast to coast all year. He just continued to play his way of basketball. And so it kind of felt like Chet spent the night hunting mismatches and hunting good opportunities for himself and playing just the Thunder style of basketball as the Thunder blow out the Spurs again. And Wimby spent the night hunting Chet Holmgren and hunting highlights. But, you know, I say that, and can you really blame Victor Minyama? Like, like the, the team is 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 terrible in San Antonio. They've only won eight games. They're not going to do anything significant in terms of the win column. This is a this is a rare opportunity for for Wimby to just um, have a moment like this, right? So like it's no wonder that Wimby is buying more into this one on one aspect than Chet is because you know the Thunder have Chet in a position where he can worry about bigger and better things uh, compared to San Antonio. But I think that you saw that Chet Holmgren is not going to just sit by and 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 let anything happen. Like he's not going to sit by and let. Wimby try to hunt for highlights, but he's also not going to try to do too much. And so I think that that's what you, where you see it all come together for Chet Holmgren. And in this game, Wimbenyama dunks on him, puts a shoulder into him, and stares down Chet. And that's where the flip, you know, the, the switch just flipped. And he became more aggressive. He became more physical uh, from that point forward. But again, it was just what the Thunder needed. Like the Thunder needed him to to. Uh, be more aggressive in those possessions. Uh, you know, if you go back and look at all the possessions he scored on, it was just the flow of what was happening. 17 points for him, nine rebounds, uh, four assists, a steal, three blocks, two for four from three, 53% from the floor. I thought Chet Holmgren played really well in this game. I thought that Vic- Victor Omiyama played really well in this game. But at the end of the day, the Thunder were just significantly better than the Spurs. And the Thunder, I thought, carried that professional mature attitude. Because if you want to compare this to what happened earlier this week with a with a similar style of team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, you, know, you had Cat going for going for seventy, trying to match him. B didn't get there, got the sixty two. And from the coach to Anthony Edwards, you know Finch, Edwards, all of them in Minnesota admitted that that was very immature basketball. That they saw that Cat was hot. They saw Cat had forty, then he had fifty, and that and that Embiid had seventy that same night. So they wanted to get Cat to to that number, so he'd be the story. And the, and and Anthony Edwards put it, you know, from guy one to fifteen, we all right, we all were hunting that for Cat, and we all wanted that for him, and we're feeding him and not playing, you know, mature basketball. You don't think that that same thing happens across the league, especially you know with Oklahoma City, it would be it would be kind of ludicrous to say they don't see the stuff on social media because they're always on social media. They're always liking posts. They're always interactive. So they see the narratives. They see what's behind this game. And they could have easily fallen into that same trap that Minnesota did of, Hey, we want to spoon feed our guy against a bad team to let him kind of make his stamp on, on this discussion, on this, on this narrative, on this talking point that happens across the NBA, especially once they got up by 10, 15, 20 points, right? They eventually got by 30 points, but like, you know, in that stretch of game where they were all playing and the starters were all playing, they could have easily 
then shifted their mindset the same way Minnesota did. Like Minnesota did not go into that game against Charlotte wanting Cat to score 60, but once he got hot, they shifted their mindset in a very immature way. The Thunder were able to avoid that. And that's why I continue to believe that this Thunder team is uncommon. I know what's supposed to happen for young teams and they're, they're supposed to not play well in the postseason. They're supposed to have to go through battles. They're supposed to, you know, do this, this, and that, right? But this Thunder team is just different. They have this uncommon maturity, and you see it time and time again, including in this game. You saw it on an individual level from Chet himself to he, every time he's ever been asked about Wimby, he just shoots it down as efficiently and as wisely as you can in the media. And then on the court, you saw him continually play the same way he played against Portland on Tuesday, the same way he played against San Antonio the last time that these two teams played, the same way he's played the entire 42-game, 43-game season so far. And so I, I think that it showed great growth from everyone, or just, you know, it just showed what they're made of from everyone, that from top to bottom, coach to players, no one let this thing spiral. Even after, you know, Wimby did you know, poke the bear a little bit, try to jab at Chet a little bit with a stare down. I'm sure he might have said something you know, with those multiple stare downs that he had of Chet. They didn't allow that to take them out of their element, even against a bad team, even against a, a team with eight wins, even against a team that you were beating by 20 points. And, and if you were to play that style, it wouldn't have actually came back to bite you in all likelihood. It was all set up to take the bait and the Thunder didn't. And the Thunder continued to show why this team is different why this team has that uncommon maturity. And I think that Chet played really well. I, I think that you can look at individual things he did well in this game. He had the early catch and shoot uh, three, splash at home with an and one uh, to boot. So that, that was a really good stretch from a six-point stretch from him right out of the gate. Uh, I think that he continues to take advantage of hard closeouts uh, and, and do well uh, dribbling in off the line from that uh, or just keeping the ball moving and, and creating the advantage from a hard closeout to where now you're playing five on four and if you, if you make a good pass, now you can even get better numbers in that case. And then one thing that I continue to notice from Chet, uh, we talked about the give and go with Isaiah Joe against Portland, and then he comes back in this game, has a really nice pass to uh, Aaron Wiggins. I, I'd be very interested to see if if that kind of evolves even more as a, as a kind of high post playmaker a little bit, especially playing through him more uh, with that second unit. And then if you just watch him get to the rim, you know, the, the way he's able to navigate through traffic and use every part of his movement to his advantage from his strides to the, to his dribbles. And then even the gather as he's gathering the ball, he's kind of contorting his back or his body to the defender to get a clean look off at the rim. Uh, and you saw him do that on his uh, drive through the paint from the opposite wing. So uh, I think that Chet Holmgren played really well. Wimby played well as uh, also he played you know, for 24 points, 12 boards, four assists, uh, a steal, four blocks, uh, had a big block of Josh Giddy, which was you know, partly due to Josh Giddy not he probably should not he, he absolutely should not have drove onto Wimbenyama, but still four blocks from Victor, fifty uh, percent from the floor, zero for three from three. Chat was a plus eleven, Wimby was a minus eleven, uh, and, and this could have easily again spiraled, but it did not. And the Thunder were able to uh, even after that small little mini stretch where there were, it was the Wimby Chet show for a little bit, called the timeout, regrouped, it was all fine, uh, and, and they did not let that uh, boil over. So I thought that was really good for the Thunder as they take care of business against a very, very, very bad team and embarrass San Antonio again. You just saw how difficult it is to embarrass the same team back-to-back, -back, right? You embarrass Portland by 60-plus points the last time out, uh, you know, and then you come back against Portland on Tuesday, 
and they nearly almost beat you. You were able to escape uh, with a win at home uh, after some after some funny business at the end. And then San Antonio, you blew them out earlier to the point where TNT just rips them off of the national stage. They took Wimbenyama off a national stage because the score was so bad, and you just blew them out again. Like that, that that is very impressive. That's very hard to do, um, as we saw in the NBA just the night before. And it was the second night of a back-to-back. You know, it was it was a back-to-back with travel involved, albeit uh, easier travel just down to San Antonio comparatively to uh, traveling to the rest of the NBA. But still, really awesome stuff from uh, Chet. And it was a fun game uh, as those two were were you know giving us some highlights back and forth. But let's talk more about Aaron Wiggins's just dominating game. In this one, SGA continues to solidify his MVP candidacy and more. But first, I want to say right now, better good friends over at Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. Check them out because I use Grammarly every single day. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you start to finish for over 10 years. Grammarly has been powering this AI technology that you can trust to help you across all places where you write the most. And now Grammarly helps you do even more. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, or reply with the suggestions based upon the context and your goals. Uh, It can help you improve your productivity uh, for you and your team. You can go and you can go check them out at Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast today to download for free because I just love using Grammarly. It really helps as we're as we're doing stuff for Thunder's intentions, as we're writing the outline for this show, it really, really helps. So check it out today at Grammarly.com slash podcast, Grammarly.com slash podcast. Also, I want to say right now, about good friends over at Price Picks. Folks, Price Picks is awesome. It's also available in Oklahoma, which I love. Uh, check it out today because what you got to do is you just pick a minimum of two players. Uh, and, it, you know, you pick two to six players anywhere in that range that you want. You can do cross sport. You can do NBA. You can do... NFL this weekend. What a fun weekend that'll be. You got Championship Sunday. You got the Thunder playing at one. So you got the Thunder playing at one, the Chiefs playing around 2.30, I believe it is. And then you got the 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 Niners playing the Lions at, at the late game. You can just cross sport entry your way into a very fun day on Sunday. Now they also have the NHL, college basketball, a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, so you pick two to you know two or so players, uh, two to six players, of course, and across your your leagues, you can have a lot of fun. What I love the most about it is that it's just simply daily fantasy sports made easy. You can go and just guess, well, will will they have more or less than their prize pick projections? You're not playing against other players. You're not playing against um, these kind of like fantasy sharks who just know all the ins and outs of fantasy and all the value. You're just saying, Hey, we'll have more or less than their projections. And I also love that, you know, we're all NBA people here, right? Like that's the reason why we're doing and listening to a daily NBA podcast but we also know the game in the NBA. Sometimes you might think a player's in, turns out to be out just before tip-off, and you might not have time to course correct your entry. However, Prize Picks offers a reboot policy, so your entry stays in play even if one of your players gets injured. Uh, check it out today for the for the NFL and for the NBA. Uh, it's the only only daily fantasy platform uh, to give you uh, to give you that kind of injury assurance policy with their reboot policy. So check it out today. At prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA. Use code locked in NBA for the first deposit match up to $100. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. 
We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. What a time it is. Blowing out the San Antonio Spurs. Friday's game will be just a very, very fun one against New Orleans. Uh, fun on and off the court. Fun, fun uh, with what's happening on the court against New Orleans. A very good team uh, who has some some uh, you know juice to them because they defend the Thunder pretty well with Herb Jones, uh, with SGA and Herb Jones and all that. So that'll be a lot of fun. But then off the court, it's going to be on over-the-air TV for free. I've got my antenna set up. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see how watching a game on an antenna goes, uh, hopefully very well. And then we're going to do the recap podcast as well. So you're going to get tomorrow's show on Friday, which is going to be a mailbag podcast, which is also going to discuss all-star starters, which should include SGA starting. Uh, and, and then we're going to talk about more of the over-the-air style of broadcast, plus your mailbag questions. So get your mailbag questions in on YouTube, uh, Locked on Thunder, and on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Aaron Wiggins. <laughs> I, I'll say it again. You've got to play him more. I've been talking about Aaron Wiggins forever. Me and Mavs draft Richard Stamen uh, have been on this podcast since he was drafted, talking about how he was a two-way guy that would stick in the NBA. And what a game he had against San Antonio. What a season he's had in his opportunities, right? Like, I think that we can get locked into just this specific game. But here's his shooting splits for the entire season. Obviously, he has not gotten the consistent opportunity that he should get, but he's shooting 68% at the rim, which is in the 68th percentile. He is shooting 55% in the short mid-range, which is in the 88th percentile. He's shooting 52% in the mid-range overall, which is, again, in the 88th percentile. He's shooting just 37% on corner threes. However, on non-corner threes, He's shooting 61%, which is in the 100th percentile, 61% on non-corner threes, 50% on threes, uh, just like overall threes, uh, which is in the 99th percentile. All those are according to cleaning the glass. Uh, So he's been fantastic. And in this game, it was no different. He had a fantastic low block spinning fadeaway jumper, uh, which he can do a lot more of, but he's also a very good play finisher. And you saw that more and more. All of his makes we're in the paint or at the three-point line. He knocked down catch-and-shoot threes, including a three off the jab, which was really awesome to watch him kind of size up uh, the defender on an island and then go up with a three. He was able to knock it down. He attacked the paint strong in transition while he was an on-ball player, so he ran the floor very well with the ball in his hands, but he also runs the floor very well without the basketball, which is what I think is his best skill set is a floor spacer. And when you hear floor spacer, you often just think about standing at the three-point line Floor spacer for for Aaron Wiggins is much more than that. Yes, he can knock down threes. We just went over his three-point numbers. But he knows how to avoid being just another face in the crowd. He knows how to get to the open hardwood. It's like in football when you run around and you just want to find the grass. He knows how to find the passing windows and how to find the opportunity, whether that be from a cut to cut behind the action and cut behind the defense, whether that be flaring out to the corner three when you're running a fast break and then Mitch dumps it off to you uh, in the corner for an easy three. He knows where to be, when to be there. He is a floor spacing machine because he can knock down threes, obviously, but, but more than that, he also just like perfectly floats down to the dunker spot at the right time. And he knows that a play is eventually going to come crashing toward the rim and they're going to need a, a net to kind of dump the ball off to a safety valve to dump the ball off to. And he's right there in the dunker spot. He, he, he has a great ability to cut, both just like straight line cut, hard cuts that are just designed back door. And also these cuts where he's just kind of like floating. Like he can start at the top of the key and just methodically kind of float his way through to the nail and then to the mid paint and to the restricted area. And eventually 
that'll be very useful. And if not, he can just kind of you know flare off into the corner uh, and be ready for a three there. So he can do so many things to space the floor, to bend the defense, that it makes him so valuable. And it's why he's able to be such a good play finisher. It's because he just has a unique understanding of how to react and how a play will react, how a situation will react. That's how he's never congested and he's never kind of just in this jumbled mess out there. He's always the one that is spacing the floor whenever he's on the court. Four for six from three, 81% from the floor, three boards, an assist, a block, 22 points, a season high for him. His career high is 28 points. Uh, so a really good night from him uh, scoring the basketball. This is what was impressive too. He was a plus six in this game, but that included some garbage time uh, where he was one of the only players on the floor, uh, you know, that, that was that was uh, you know, from the, the previous rotation, obviously. And the Spurs were just racking up chunk points at that point, and he still was a plus six on the floor uh, in the single game plus minus if you care about that. SGA continues to look like an MVP and solidify his MVP candidacy. And you might say, how did he do that against an eight-win team? How is that even possible? I think it's more so the way he gets to his points, no matter who he's playing. Because at, at this point, you've just got to throw your hands up and say, forget it. There's no defending SGA. He can make you pay in the mid-range. It doesn't matter how you defend him. If you give him space, if you if you play in his shorts, he's going to knock down the mid-range jumper, and he's going to get to his spots and rise up. He leads the NBA in and ones, so he can finish through contact with this impeccable balance and body control and, and just ability to to go through traffic and use his length to be, get around defenses who are playing who are in great position or playing great defense, but you just don't have the length to defend SGA. And then when you do collapse on him, when you do surround him, when you do double team him, which is the right decision, he is a player who does command that respect and should command that respect. But when you do that, He's patient. He's patient. And that's where he's able to elevate his passing ability. Oftentimes, like you saw it, even against Portland, you throw that pressure at Brogdon on the sidelines, he freaks out and double dribbles. Now watch when they throw pressure at SGA. He doesn't lose the basketball. He doesn't turn it over. He doesn't rush into a pass. He just kind of stands there and absorbs that pressure, absorbs that double team, and then pivots around, and by that time, if there wasn't an immediate player you could shift to as the pressure comes, which sometimes it works out that way, but if that didn't work out that way, by the time he gathers, sits there, maybe pivots around, someone off ball has worked their way into a passing window, and he can easily shovel it out to them, and they'll be a, a wide-open shooter because now, again, you're playing four and five whenever you, whenever you trap Shea like that and, and, and double-team Shea like that. And so his patience in those scenarios and his willingness to take what the defense gives him is the key. Because sometimes you, you see it, it go a lot of different ways. A player gets double teamed and they take it as a challenge and they want to just kind of score through a double team and, and continue to get theirs. You can see them rush into a pass. And so if you rush into a pass, whenever you're getting double teamed and there's no one home, you can get deflected. It's going to get stolen. It's going to be a turnover. Shea's turnovers are, are very, very low and he, he never, never really does that. And then you oftentimes kind of just like freak out or panic in that scenario. Shea doesn't do that. Shea stays very composed and it leads to a tennis game. 
That's partially, of course, due to the, the better and better and better players around him. But he's also gotten much better as a player uh, throughout his time in Oklahoma City in a in a playmaking standpoint, also an overall standpoint. Uh, two steals and a block. He played fantastic defense. 32 points, 12 for 12 at the free throw line, two for two from three, including a step back, 60% from the floor, plus 17 in this game. He's going to have these nights where, like, first of all, the Spurs were never going to be able to stop SGA. Then on top of that, he had a really good shooting night, two for two from three, 12 for 12 from the free throw line after after kind of some hiccups this month at the free throw line. And then he's just an MVP level player. It's like he already had it working just in general. He already got to the line 12 times. Then he hits a step back three. Then he hits his tough shots. Then he gets his and ones and he does his, his typical ho-hum stuff. Like he is an MVP front runner right now. He's no worse than third. I think he should be the leader in the clubhouse. And it's largely because to, because you cannot defend him. Like you cannot just sit there and play defense straight up on him. Even if you double team him, you're wrong. You just throw your hands up and, and just hope that, that it's a night where his shots rim out. And when you get to that point and you have a player who the best, the best advice for defending him is just hope the shot rims out because it doesn't really matter what you do. Then at that point, you got an MVP. And that's what SGA is, is an MVP. Even showing that against San Antonio. We'll talk more about Isaiah Joe, Jay Will, Casey Wallace, and more uh, on this game. But first, I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at Hungry Root. Check them out today at Hungry Root. Because listen, if you're wanting to, uh, to try to eat a little healthier in 2024, Hungry Root is here to rescue you from the short-lived resolutions and make meal planning easy and nutritious. Build healthy habits that won't disappear in February by using Hungry Root. So no matter if you're braving the cold or, or don't want to deal with crowds, the grocery store this time of year is the worst. Why not just stay home and use Hungry Root and have them handle it? With Hungry Root, you can kickstart a week of, of healthy eating and get groceries delivered right to your door. So check it out today at Hungry Root because Hungry Root makes it easier for everyone to eat healthy uh, that they support all major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, uh, vegan, vegetarian, dairy-free, free, low-carb, uh, and others. It all applies to you uh, or, or to some of you may know. Uh, just please share this along with whatever their particular lifestyle uh, might be. You can be saving money. Uh, you can have this, this kind of reduced food waste because Hungry Root saves you 30% on food waste each week because of what they send you. Many customers save a lot of money on groceries uh, by using Hungry Root because they're avoiding uh, that expensive takeout or uh, going to a restaurant or, again, the food waste that you get whenever you do your own grocery shopping. Uh, it saves time as well. Customers save five hours per week using Hungry Root without the stress of grocery shopping or meal planning. So check it out today. Special discount code, 40% off free veggies for life. Check it out today at HungryRoot.com slash locked on to get 40% off of your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash locked on. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. And again, that's HungryRoot.com slash locked on. Uh, listeners get 40% off of your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? 
Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast and Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks. What a great game this was. Let's talk about the bench in this one. Uh, but also, I want to say right now that we have the Lockdown Sports Today National YouTube channel, which is the only 24-7 streaming service that has all the local, national, and everything angles covered of sports. Uh, so you can hear uh, very, very good content on all the breaking news across sports. Let's talk Isaiah Joe. Three for five from three, a rebound, a block, nine points. The threat of him is so huge and opens up so many lanes to drive uh, for the players around him. He played 12 minutes, was a plus 17 in this one, uh, knocked down three triples, and he was big in allowing the Thunder to kind of keep the Spurs at an arm's length uh, for this game. Uh, Jay will two for two from three, four rebounds, six points, plus 17. He played much better, uh, you know, in more physical defense. The three-point spacing for him I think is so pivotal because as he goes two for three from three, or I think he went, no, no, two, two for uh, three from three. I think he went that. Anyway, Jay Will's three-point percentage and, you know, and, and, and three-point ability. Whenever he can pass so well from the top of the key, he sets those screens and kind of pops to the three-point line. If you stay with him and he still gets the ball, he can make the right decision as a passer. And and really, he's a really creative and, and fantastic passer at creating an advantage, especially if, say, he does the pick and pop with an initial guard is at the top of the key, and then someone from the corner drops down and cuts. He can really just fire that ball in there with a ton of great accuracy and velocity and anticipation. So he can make you pay just in that way as a passer. And then if you leave him alone, he's viable, viable to go two for two, two for three, two for four, three for four from three. So I really enjoy uh, what he's been able to do here late. He's really been 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 picking it back up. This is exactly when he picked it up uh, last year, of course, under different circumstances, uh, having to play more due to injury. But still, uh, Jay Will is, has really been good in his last few uh, opportunities. Casey Wallace, I thought, had an underrated game. I think that it's easy to have an underrated game whenever you win by 32 points. And there's so many things you can latch on to. You can latch on to Chet. You can latch on to uh, just how good SG is every single night. And then you can latch on to, of course, tonight, Wiggins. But Casey Wallace went two for three from three, 71% from the floor, three boards, four assists, a steal, 13 points, plus 14. Really good defense. Uh, and whenever you watch him play off ball, his hands just stay so ready to go for a pass. Like he's always ready for a pass that he's able to get that shot up really quick, and you just cannot afford to be ball watching or to be asleep when you're defending Casey Wallace because he can just fire that thing up there. Uh, and he played really well off the catch today. He had this nice behind-the-back move. Uh, you know, to, to free him up for a layup, which shows that you kind of you can't play him too much into his own space before he catches the ball. Uh, he, he had a nice drive to the lane, dunk through traffic, and then hit a mid-range jumper uh, where he just kind of rises up off the bounce because no, nothing else was there, and he had he had the air to breathe. So I think that Casey Wallace is another player. There's a theme on the Thunder roster of players who can react to what the Thunder or to what the, to what the defense is doing uh, on the Thunder. Kendrick Williams. Really good putback dunk in this one. Not, not, not putback dunk, putback, lay, putback layup. Uh, he also had a really nice uh, drive where he gets through his defender, 
I think he did like a little a little euro step if I remember right uh, through another defender and then had a little finger roll off the catch top of the key knocked down a three in the slot uh, it was a plus 21 uh, he played nice defense he was like a he was another uh, enforcer in this game defensively not that they needed a ton of that but he did provide really good defense he looked as he looked like he had a step back uh, on that end of the floor uh, from previous games and I think that Kendrick played really well the Thunder as a whole played well they got up 32 points they were 10 lead changes that all happened in the first flurry of the game so 10 lead changes two ties that all happened in the first chunk of the game. Then Mark calls a timeout around the six minute mark uh, in the first quarter, called the timeout. OKC takes the lead back and they never look back from there. They were consistently up double digits. The rest of the way they kept the Spurs at an arm's length and then eventually blew them out of the water and won 140 to 114. OKC won the rebounding battle by nine. The Spurs had 18 turnovers, but the Thunder had 15, uh, but it didn't really end up mattering. Of course, uh, this, the uh, Thunder won points in the paint 64 to 58. Uh, the Thunder won second chance points by three. And the Thunder won fast break points 20 to 13. OKC shot 56, 45% from three for OKC, 87% at the charity stripe. Those two numbers vastly improved from Portland. Uh, the free throw line numbers were back up. And the three-point line numbers, you love to see 45%. The Spurs shot 50% from the floor, but just 28% from the uh, three-point line and 76% at the charity stripe. And then afterward, J-Dub and J-Will make this music video cinematic masterpiece on TikTok and just reaffirm that this team is going to embarrass you in front of a national audience. Then they're going to make a, make a little funny TikTok afterward. And it's just going to be awesome to watch this team continue to vibe out as they just dominate the NBA right now as the first place team in the Western Conference. MVP of this game is Aaron Wiggins. Again, Friday, Mailbag Podcast. Saturday, Pelicans Recap. Monday, Pistons Recap. So a loaded, loaded, loaded rest of the week here on Lockdown Thunder. We're here for you every single day. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.